Hey, Josh, aka IOANCAB here, and once again, I disavow the entire episode. Now back to the mutinous show. Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Jeff Park, aka chainsawing through co-hosts like so many government departments. <laughs> and I'm Patrick, aka kidneys. Get your fresh kidneys here. <laughs> That's right, because we're going to be talking today about uh, the the great libertarian president. Uh, of course, we're not talking about the United States, which has not had one of those. We're talking about Argentina and the great <laughs> <laughs> libertarian president Javier Malay. Uh, we're we're I think we've settled on pronouncing it that way. That we're not gonna we're not gonna overly. Espanol, uh, the first name, and uh, I think we've decided that Milai is how uh, is how the last name is is pronounced. So, okay, so we're uh, uh, and and we're not just speaking about him. We're speaking we're speaking about Al Mohler speaking about him. So much like in the Middle Ages, you would have. A commentary on a commentary on a commentary of Lombard sentences. <laughs> we are going almost that deep uh, in uh, commentating on Al Mohler's commentary on the ascension of Javier Malai. And, um, and against the Mohler is what we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Against the Mohler. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and so uh, he's also. Uh, talking here about uh, Geert Wilders. Um, uh, but I think I, I, I think we're not really uh, getting into any serious in any serious way his discussion of uh, the Dutch uh, possible prime minister um, not actually yet formed a government as I understand right. um, but possible prime minister of the Netherlands. Um, uh, I don't think we're really getting into that. Uh, we're, we're more concerned with, uh, Mueller's comments on, uh, Milai and anarcho-capitalism. Uh, and, uh, uh, so yeah, we, we had thoughts on, yeah. uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Mueller's thoughts. So, and this uh, is where I we think- say we love Al Mueller. And uh, there are more times where we're in his corner, we're backing him, we want him to be the president of all things, mostly. And uh, and and when we we disagree with him on this, it's uh, because we just have a disagreement and uh, that we're we're not uh, we're not calling heresies or, or anything like that. So. We love Al Mohler, and if he wants to be on the show, I, I, I think there's maybe even an opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, <laughs> taking that, taking my chainsaw through uh, co-host as I am, uh, I, I think uh, I, I think I, I think we shouldn't expect Patrick to last much longer, um, uh, especially as he continues to wear the same clothes. Uh, that's a joke for the viewers only, um, <laughs> and only I suppose if you're watching <laughs> these two back to back. So, uh, but but yes, absolutely. So, uh, so we're uh, we're 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 addressing this from from Al Mohler. Look, um, we, 
Al Mohler is the only person who has successfully gotten like a complete tongue bath from us um, and then criticism. And then we were mostly dead wrong about many of our criticisms. Uh, not not me and Patrick, but me and me and uh, uh, that other co-host that I used to have. Uh, <laughs> In the comment uh, section, I was 100% right. So I, I, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the record will show as long as you don't look for it. Uh, <laughs> that Patrick was 100% correct about this. Um, but uh, but yeah, we actually. We we actually faithfully did a show criticizing uh, Al Mohler's uh, thinking that Russia was about to invade Ukraine. Uh, like, oh come on, this warmongering gobbledygook. And okay, on this he was right. Uh, Russia did in fact invade Ukraine. I think like two days after we released our episode or something, it was it was. It was pretty pretty soon after. Yeah, um, I, so. I can't go back to the movie that I started, and then I saw the 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 Russian invasion. I haven't gone back to that movie. It, it's very triggering to me, <laughs> M- <laughs> mostly because of how wrong uh, you guys were, and so I, oh. I don't want to associate that movie with with bad feelings. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, uh, it's. It's possible that uh, anything anything we say disagreeing with Al Mohler here, we're just going to have to retract in a couple more episodes anyway. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, we do think uh, we do think we, we've got some uh, some agreements and some mild disagreements. I think. Yeah, we, we can at least thank the CIA for not taking out Malay too soon and letting him get at least this far, which I think this is just a, a bet of chicken between two CIA officers who may be looking down <laughs> some sites with some crosshairs and, 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 and just seeing how far they can take it before they're, they're given the tap on the shoulder. <laughs> no kidding. Although, although the fact that he's wanting to dollarize might be, might be helping, uh, you know, he's not getting rid of the U S is central bank, uh, <laughs> just Argent- the Argentine central bank. So, Listen, you know, you, you start low and then you go high. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. I think we have now, I think we have now uh, caveated enough that, uh, that, that we can, oh, and we'll be playing, uh, we'll be playing, play, blah, blah, blah. We'll be playing the briefing as an even briefering um, uh, uh, because we'll be doing it at one and a quarter speed just to get through it a, a little bit, a little bit quicker here without distorting uh, too much. So if you listen to us at high speeds, that might uh, that might mess, but probably not too much because. Right. Um, and, and, I, and, I probably talk one and a quarter times faster than Al Mulder. <laughs> and, and we are starting in the middle of the episode. So if you're wanting to listen to the whole thing, uh, we're, we're kind of starting out oh, about 13 minutes. And this is November 27th of 2023 for the, the briefing. Yes. Yeah. And so you can and you can go to albertmuller.com and uh, or, or, or search the briefing on the interwebs um, and uh, and 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 find that or. Uh, you can find full transcripts of uh, uh, of the podcast that way too, which is uh, uh, which is very handy um, yes. and something that if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and uh, and pay us just I don't know 
thirty dollars a month. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> but uh, maybe we could. Maybe we could do something like if you really, if you really want to earmark it uh, for that, we could probably pull off something like that. Um, it, I mean, if you give enough, I mean, Randy gets uh, CIA CIA as well, and then someone yeah, else comes in. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm thinking maybe a Ranjit uh, from uh, uh, from any desk or uh, is that the name of the thing? Anyway, one of those one of those <laughs> things where you can uh, or Fiverr or whatever. One of those things where you can hire people to do stuff like that for cheap on yeah. on the interwebs. I'm thinking maybe a Ranjit would be uh, would be in keeping with the uh, Randy tradition here, yeah. uh, except maybe he'd actually do something. Uh, well, and um, I, I think, I, I don't know if that will get the Mueller stamp of approval as we'll come to find out that uh, th th there might be just too, too much free market going around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, uh, 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 but yeah, I think, I think the uh, important distinction is that uh, uh, Ranjit, unlike Randy, would actually do the job. Uh, uh, and once again, it's foreigners doing the jobs that uh, Americans. I think Randy. I think Randy is uh, canonically an American. Anyway, uh, foreigners doing the jobs that Americans won't, uh, which which is uh, which is helping us at all. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, all right. <laughs> with 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 probably no further ado, let's <laughs> get underway. Yes in a far more conservative direction there in the Netherlands, something that wouldn't have been conceivable just a matter of a few years ago. In Argentina, you are talking about a nation that has swung from one direction to the other, sometimes with the very same candidate in decades past in the earlier years of the 20th century. But the man elected there, Javier Millet, is a right-wing libertarian who is identified as an anarcho-capitalist. And as the New York Times says on its front page, this particular anarcho-capitalist, newly elected president of Argentina, quote, has a drastic plan for Argentina, end quote. Indeed, he does. More about that in just a moment. But here's what we need to recognize. You are looking at two strategic nations. Argentina has one of the largest economies in South America. It's a very influential nation, very long history, very turbulent political history as well. Just think of someone like Juan Perón back in the 20th century. And just remember that Juan Perón, in one sense, played both sides of the street, serving at one point as a far-right leader at another time is basically a far left leader. But nonetheless, Argentinian politics tends to be both polarized and pretty energetic. The election of Javier Millet is going to be something that will take some time to digest. But it is really important for us to recognize that he's a very colorful figure, just his hair, his uh, hair on his head, his facial hair. It's all meant to send a message of a very unconventional candidate. He ran as a populist, something that was also shared by the conservative candidate in the Netherlands, who will serve as that nation's prime minister here at Wilders. Both of them very colorful characters, but there's no no doubt that Javier Millet is the more colorful of the two characters. But as you're looking at this, recognize that he identifies himself as an anarcho-capitalist. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, the phrase anarcho-capitalism emerged in the United States in rather far-right political and economic discussions in the 20th century. The idea of anarcho-capitalism is that the only way for human liberty to survive is if government is severely reduced. And by that, I mean severely reduced. That's the anarcho part of anarcho-capitalist. Capitalism would be the economic system. Anarcho, in this case, which of course harkens to the word anarchy, refers to the fact that there should be as little government as possible, as small okay. I, I, I like I, I actually I, I know some people are probably not digging this definition, but actually for the audience that Al Mohler has, uh, I think this is actually a pretty good definition because because it's it's not no government in the sense that anyone 
that's listening to the briefing would <laughs> would understand that um it's it's no state it's a it's a it's a denial of the legitimacy and necessity of the state um which is which is what makes it anarchy uh in that sense uh and that's uh but but if you're not going to go through all that and you're just trying to explain i think this is actually a pretty good definition and to say that it's far right like I don't think that's incorrect. Like, I think, I think it's important to say that this kind of anarchism developed on the right and, right, a, right. and a fair and a, a fairly extremely right, right. <laughs> and not on the left as any other form of anarchism did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it- and I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, there's no reason for Mueller to talk about the 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 the, the French Revolution and the, the leftism where the the right uh, stole uh, uh, reappropriated uh, liberated, if you will, yeah. uh, the, the 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 term. And uh, and I'm I'm sure uh, people are hurling TNT uh, at at uh, at at them symbolically before uh, that. But yeah, I, I, you know, uh, the the thing is though. When, when you have Malay talking about uh, being inspired by people like uh, Mises and, and Rothbard, right. I mean, Mises is, is is very well accomplished in his field of economics and to, to the point where, you know, we can talk about Nobel Prize in economics not being really Nobel, but um, but but the very fact that, uh, you know, he, he's just not he's just not like a, a name thrown out there. He, he is a, an accomplished uh, individual, but uh, right, you 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 are correct. Uh, the, who who he's talking to, it it's it's very fair, and I I I wouldn't, you know, I I can click my tongue, uh, but I can hold it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think this is, uh, I think this is pretty good. I I, I will just point out that Geert Wilders is not necessarily going to be the prime minister. He needs the support of other political parties, which he may be denied to actually be the prime minister. Um, but, uh, but, but that's not the, that's not the biggest problem. And I also did just want to point out, uh, what is it about, what is it about, uh, that just having, having offbeat hair that, <laughs> that, that there's something that I, I, I don't, I, I it, it almost can't be coincidental. There's something about the political moment uh, right now where having, having, having just mildly offbeat hair uh, is, is some kind of, at least for right-wing uh, political figures, it seems to be, uh, uh, yeah, it see, seems to be uh, uh, some sort of an uh, attraction point. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think because uh, Boris Johnson was definitely pre-Trump in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of his political successes, um, uh, and at any rate, I mean, both of them have had that hair forever, and uh, and I don't think. I don't think the hair is particularly new for Milai either. It's right. It's, yeah. It's this, this is like Steve Jobs, who was said, I spend way too much time figuring out picking out clothes rather than making oodles of cash. And so I'm going to wear the same thing. And this is the, yeah, the, the, the from, from what I've heard. And and I've, I think Mueller's right too. Like it does send this type of political signal of, of you know, oh, you want the prim and proper. Well, guess what? 
uh, you're, you're, you're getting yeah. different. And so I, I think that's a, a, think, a fair thing, but you're right. Like he, he's, he's been on interview saying before, like, I, I, I just don't care about it. So this is what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, 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 and so I guess, I guess you do have to include Bernie Sanders. In oh, that. sure. And he's someone, he's someone who's, it's the same way. It's like, well, I don't care what my hair looks like. So my hair is going to look like, like the best I could do. <laughs> with by uh you know looking in the mirror and then going ah <laughs> well, so so but malay looks like he rolled out of bed bernie sanders yeah. just rolled over for Hillary clinton so you know a, a little different a little different well done well done <laughs> all right pick it back up at uh at uh, 15 minutes 32 seconds government as possible. Javier Millet ran there in Argentina by pledging to cut the federal government by something like 50%. But we need to understand that the voters didn't vote for this particular far-right candidate. That's the way the media describes him. They didn't do so in a situation of economic stability. Argentina now faces one of the highest inflation rates in the entire world, something like 140% a year. That means that something that costs $5 this year is going to cost well north of $10 next year, something even closer to something like $14 by some calculations. And the reality is that a nation can't survive economically that kind of inflation for long. Parents can't feed their children. Families cannot survive. The economy begins to break down. The currency itself is not trusted. Javier Malay actually ran on the platform. Now, whether he follows through with this. Just quickly to point out, this is the kind of situation where you might actually have the political will to get rid of a national bank, Uh, (laughs) uh, to get rid of a central bank. And so, um, so, I think this is because, I mean, how, how could you support the central bank after this kind of performance? Um, And I think, I, I, I think this is, uh, you know, I think for a political figure in the United States or in Canada to say that we want to audit the central bank or that we want to restrict the powers of the central bank. I think is is appropriate to the level of I mean we just had really bad inflation but not 140% inflation right <laughs> um, and uh and so so I think I think it's a uh an appropriate incremental move towards potentially one day eliminating the central bank by perhaps exposing some things about the central bank that are even more distasteful. Um, and so I, I, I find that to be, I, I find that to be completely, to com- completely in line with even a narco-capitalist principles um, in the United States. However, if Argentina gets rid of their central bank and only experiences prosperity and uh, and smoother business cycles as a result, then I, I think that is a great opportunity for other countries to follow mm-hmm. Argentina's lead. Um, and so, so that, that to me, I, I, I think this is, I think this is a, a perfect opportunity. Uh, and from what I've heard from him, Milai seems like the guy the right kind of guy to do it who has who has the the right temperament um to uh 
to uh because you know he he plays a bit of a character on tv but he seems he like knows he, his audience though he knows his right, audience right and he seems like he has the right demeanor um uh when it comes down to it to uh to actually uh not do things too precipitously and to uh and to uh ease into a successful closure of the central bank in a way that might make this replicable in other countries so i'm i'm excited i'm excited about it obviously it's horrifying that things have had to go this wrong mm-hmm. in our you know for this to be possible right. but given given that things have gone horrifyingly wrong this is a this is a i think a great opportunity where there's plenty of political will to just ax the blame thing. Um, and, and we'll, we'll see if we'll, we'll see if that's something uh, other countries can, can follow. Not that yeah. I'm, not that I'm talking past the sale here. First, Argentina needs to do it. That's, I think, I think that, I think that will be a challenge, but not an insurmountable. I, I think the, the the ones to look towards next, especially if you're correct, that e- even even if you decrease the inflation and 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 work towards you know prosperity in in the true sense of what we mean by prosperity there economically, um, it, places like Honduras, who you know you you have these these uh, centralized planners come through and they say. Uh, oh, you know, everything was going fine until uh, the, the West came in and 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 tried to uh, usurp our our rule and and um, have these capitalists come back through and 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 want their stuff back. But uh, you know, we're here for the people and uh, all these outside actors and and the influence of um, you know the CIA and and wh- whoever else that they're going to, which I'm very sh- sure that's probably the case as well. But um, if if you don't think the CIA is going to be actively involved in wanting to maybe quash this one as well for the opposite reason of we don't want to give anybody ideas. So this one has it can succeed a little bit, but it can't fully succeed. But if it does, in spite of that, and in, 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 and 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 um, Malay can 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 make the point uh, and, and hit it home of saying, like, look, uh, we have we started out poor and we're better. Uh, we have all these outside influences trying to attack us, trying to attack me, trying to attack the people of Argentina, and we're still succeeding in spite of it. I mean, that that's going to be that's going to be the time where uh, ho- hopefully two bulletproof vests will will come out even more, uh, and and yeah. that'll be the interesting thing to be the the South America up to Panama uh, ability to uh, to kind of maybe look at Argentina and saying. If it worked for them, maybe it can work for us, and we don't have to eat rabbits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I was going to say I would I would avoid open topped cars uh, <laughs> if, if, if I were yeah. Mila right now, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I don't um, care who the governor of Dallas is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No kidding. <laughs> so. Uh, well, and and uh, we're we're Mueller. I think. He, he puts the, the the least emphasis on on what I think he should. I, I wish he would have put more of a oh my goodness on on the inflation numbers. But when it comes to the anarcho capitalists, who who I think I think he does have a real definition for him, and I I think he is giving him uh, his due. 
But when he says he wants to cut it by some like 50 percent. Yes, but but look at all the like there, there's the the meme of him on the on the on the whiteboard tearing off departments of uh, uh, quality and and just he's like I don't even know what this is it's gone too you know and and making a big spectacle of that that's the fifty percent I mean we're 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 talking about here right. and and obviously what we talk about when we talk about anarcho capitalists is you know how hard are you gonna push that button uh to to destroy it all immediately and there's you know the 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 minimalist and the maximalist there as well uh but i I wish Mueller would have uh been more upturned on on the inflation and i i i I think he's there but some 50 percent oh my goodness not 50 percent of the government that put us here at 140 percent of inflation Right. (laughs) right right um I do think, though, that if there is, if there are any of those departments that Milai needs to keep, uh, that he that he just once once he once he sits down and takes a sober look, he decides he does he does unfortunately need to retain one of those departments. He should have Rick Perry come down to run it. I think that's only fair. <laughs> well, uh, he'll forget which ones he runs. So. <laughs> uh, it's uh, energy, uh, uh, defense. Um, what, what's the other ones? Let me look yeah, towards yeah. Ron Paul, who's going to cut all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Who immediately goes, no, it's five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but, yeah, I, I, uh, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, I, I, I think, if uh, having having Rick Perry around um, is, is the right move, if you. If you cannot remember, uh, not remember to cut one of these, uh, I think I think that's right. That's right. Um, it was energy, by the way, that he forgot, which was the one he ended up running, uh, which just makes it just so so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, starting back up at uh, sixteen twenty-eight here. We'll have to see. But he ran on the platform of replacing the Argentinian currency with a more stable currency. What would that be? The American dollar. Now, one problem with that is going to be that if you have a nation like Argentina with a massive economy and with a massive debt, and it tries to start buying up all those dollars, it's going to drive the price of dollars high. And- Sorry, keep going. Argentina may not be able to afford the dollar, even though the pledge of the newly elected president is that he would exchange the Argentinian currency for the American currency as the basis of the Argentinian economy. Now, just to state the obvious, if you have someone making economic promises like this and running on this kind of economic platform, it only makes sense over against a really dire economic situation. Okay. Now we'll, now we'll, um, so, okay. Um, and he, he recognizes, okay, it's a very dire economic situation. That's why these sorts of promises actually start to start to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, and yet he makes the point that, uh, you've got a nation like Argentina with a massive economy, with a massive debt starts buying up all those dollars is going to drive the price of dollars high at that point they might not be able to afford the dollar um and so so i did a little math uh a couple times uh, yeah uh, but yeah yeah a couple times because uh yes i um, checking the numbers making sure we got those right yes yeah uh 
uh, making a list, checking it twice. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's all it's all uh, government money, so it's all naughty, no nice. Um, anyway, um, and so and also make believe. <laughs> every bit as make believe. Okay, um, but uh, but yeah, so the uh, and and uh, and just like just like Julia Child, I have prepared this dish. Uh, ahead of time so that so that i don't have to I've, I've made a lot of decisions in my life to not have to do math in front of people um so except patrick who uh, again you uh can go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and for just five dollars a month you might end up in patrick's chair as i rapidly chance off through co-hosts okay um go. but uh <laughs> uh but uh so there are there are about uh, 2.26 trillion U.S. dollars in circulation. And actually, when I looked that up, I realized that it said in circulation in the United States. Now, I don't know if that is actually what they meant to say or if that is the worldwide circulation of U.S. dollars, but let's just go with 2.26 trillion as the number of dollars in circulation. And Argentina does have a massive debt um, because its debt is $398.2 billion. So billion um, is less than a trillion. I, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for our DC audience. Yes. So billion, yeah. smaller yeah. than trillion. As, yeah. As, uh, uh, as uh, oh, uh, George Will. George, George Will likes to say that Washington is entirely populated by people who think that the difference between 1% growth and 2% growth is 1%. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, so I don't do math. I, I, again, don't do math for a living, but the difference is 100%. That's <laughs> 100% more growth. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, uh, so okay, that three hundred ninety-eight point two billion is a massive debt load because yes, they also have a massive economy, but that massive economy is one hundred fifty point eight billion. Uh, and they, these are in U.S. These are in U.S. dollars in twenty twenty-three dollars. Um. So, uh, did a little math. Uh, just just to make sure, and that is indeed, um, uh, if if Argentina were to immediately buy up all the U.S. dollars to pay off its debt, which its debt is denominated in U.S. dollars, by the way, at least mostly, because people won't loan to Argentina in Argentinian pesos because they know they'll just inflate the blue blazes out of them okay <laughs> but um uh except except for the argentinian people themselves can be forced by their government to loan to the argentine government um in argentinian pesos uh which was part of the problem and one of the reasons people are so eager to uh try a different direction here but anyway that is only 17.6 percent of all the dollars in circulation. 
And, and so if that's if that's just what you were saying circulated in the U.S., if, if it actually adds more to the worldwide total, which would be like it's probably uh, four times as much if 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 that if if what you're saying is the number yeah, is greater, it, it would it would make your point even even more so because there's more dollars out in the market than what's in the United States. But we're just saying, yeah. let's assume for the sake of argument here that the, the trillion that you quoted uh, is just all the circulated money uh, that the United States has out in the world. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. It does. I do see. Um, I am getting basically the same number. Uh, even when I ask globally. Um, so, um, so maybe the, when, when they say circulated in the U.S., they mean as far as in U.S. dollar. I think I think yeah. I think that was a slightly inaccurate <laughs> um, statement. But right. um, and and so what you're saying is if if they if they immediately like tomorrow go to the bank of the United States and say I would like to to buy that it's it's a, a smaller number and also uh the united states doesn't inflate more and therefore get more dollars out into the world tomorrow as, as well yes yeah that and and um so yeah assuming that and by the way it looks like based on what i'm looking at uh you've had yeah i'm gonna eyeball that as a a 10% increase in the total uh, dollar value in circulation in the last year. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> just looking at the, just looking at the, uh, actually, sorry, this is, sorry, this is between 2021 and 2022. Um, it looks so, like there was about a 10% increase. So I'm sure it's and, uh, 20 times worse. Uh, it, it, uh, although I, I think, I think the, the, the printer, the money printer goes burr a little slower this year than last year, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the money printer still goes burr. So, uh, so, but at any rate, we're at any rate, <laughs> at any rate is, is in fact our monetary policy right now, I think. Um, uh, but um, I think uh, uh, I think it, I think it's fair, fair to assume that the money printing will continue until morale improves um, <laughs> and, until animal spirits improve. Uh, but uh, uh, but so that uh so that's fair and that's especially if argentina were to take 50 years to pay off its debt which is not an unreasonable assumption um then then you're talking about 0.35 percent 
of the dollars in circulation uh, per year. Meaning, if there's a 3.5% increase in the money supply in a given year, then the money supply is actually increasing 10 times faster than Argentinian debt could bid it up. So these are all just, as with anything with monetary policy, these are all pretend numbers. Right. Um, but, but, but what you're saying is, is, is so Mueller's critique is, oh my goodness, if if they if they attempt to 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 exchange their peso for the American dollar, it's just it's just going to be insane. They're gonna they're gonna buy up too much, and then it's it's going to actually increase the the cost of buying dollars for them so, so much. Oh my goodness, we 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 can't have them buying too quickly. But it's something like uh, Bill Gates dropping a ten dollar bill and going. Uh, did I suddenly get a little bit lighter? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this is um, because, I mean, it's easy to look up the Argentine debt and go, wow, that's an eye-popping number, but not compared to the number that you're actually <laughs> squaring it off against here. Mm -hmm. it, right. uh, is the, uh, uh, and by the way, am I, am I, am I wrong in thinking that there there is some thought that uh that the uh there's some thought that the Chinese government actually has US treasury uh I guess they're I guess they're well no 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 it's not treasury bill it's not it, it it's uh it, it's actually US currency I I think I think what I read was that China actually has squirreled away more, well, more gold and more U.S. currency than they're reporting. Um, yeah, well, and 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 um, the the big five countries, uh, and I'm going to forget them all, but China and India and the U.K. and the United States uh, through the Federal Reserve uh, have driven up gold prices in the past uh, just week. Or, or maybe it's been two weeks uh, because they bought so much gold, more gold to have on hand. They're, the, the, these countries are buying up more gold wherever they can can get it. Something like, you know, 90, 90 trillion or whatever, whatever insane amount that I can't even think about because it's such a high number. The uh, the, 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 the Stalin quote of uh, a thousand men dead is a, is a statistic type deal than the, the one man is tragedy. Um, but, uh, but, but, uh, countries are still buying up gold and it's driving up, up the price. Um, and so that's what we see the increase, uh, yeah. uh in, in the, in the market, uh, but this week for the reason, the reason I bring up China is squirreled away. And, and there are plenty of countries that do this, not just China. It's just, oh, sure. I think China probably has the most squirreled away is, well, what's the rational response to the price of the U S dollar? going up if you've got a lot of us dollars squirreled away right right go buy gold with us dollars or whatever right like um but let the price let the price go up uh, let your but then maybe spend some of it on something that's undervalued maybe not gold right now but but whatever whatever's whatever's undervalued and and um uh and it, it, so i mean 
currency markets are uh, when when the money printer can stop going burr for long enough, currency markets are relatively stable for exactly this reason. Right, um, right. And especially if you're going to hide it away like Scrooge McDuck, uh, you know, if, if, if things are going to uh, uh, take less severe highs and lows, uh, y- you can say, oh, more people are wanting dollars. Oh, look what's happened under China's mattress. We have a lot of mattresses in China here. And uh, lo and behold, we have these dollars that you want. And so you can pay us or you can, uh, you know, pay this uh, this other market, the United States or whoever. But we're China. We're, you can trust us. Right. Yeah. Our, ours has the old picture of uh, Franklin on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, um, so anyway, I just, I think, yeah, it, it's, I think Mueller was thinking in the right direction here because you should, like, this is good thinking like an economist. You think, oh, what would be the effect of, is there will be supply and demand effects? I think yep. he's just not taking into account, um, the, the actual scale of the two numbers he's talking about when he says that. Which um, is slightly ironic because the, the economists that uh, Malay subscribes to are the ones that would make that point even even more for Mueller of, 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 of time preference uh, being a factor in there, uh, along with money being a, a, a commodity just like gold or cars or what have you, houses. Right. And, um, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and one of the, one of the co-authors of one of the papers that Milai is following. So one of the co-authors now works for Milai and, and the other one was on Bob Murphy's show. Uh, have you heard of Bob Murphy, Patrick? He's a, uh, it, maybe, maybe little known, little known uh, podcaster. I mean, little uh, known to me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, only for that couple of hours known to you. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah. So uh, he uh, so he had so one of the one. There were two co-authors on that paper. One works for Belay now. The other one went on Bob Murphy's show. Uh, and was actually talking through what he thinks the approach would actually be to dollarize the economy and get rid of the central bank. And it was a really good episode on, mm. on the Bob Murphy show. So, um, uh, so I, yeah, I think, I think it's, it doesn't have to be so earth shakingly radical right away, uh, to, to get this done. Correct. Right. And, you know, it, 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 the, the, the vitriol that Malay has, uh, true is to leftists, but it seems like leftists who did this. And so stay yes. away from, from me here, but I'm going to do what's best for Argentina, which is even for the leftists, but I'm not going to let you have a part of this. Sure. Yeah. So n- no internment camps yet. <laughs> well, we're, we're just making our way to the hel- uh, helipad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look over there, an airport. Weird. 
All right, uh, uh, starting up from uh, 1720 July, then, July, let's see. Let's just leave Chilean looking airport. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. We'll see what Moeller has to say here at 1720. Um, uh, about uh, three more minutes and he gets uh, more into uh, probably what more we're going to um, talk about. But uh, th this is important because this sets up, uh, I think, where Moeller ultimately wants to go with the conversation. Right. But let's face it, when people can't feed their children, when families can't survive, when businesses can't operate, when it looks like the entire civilization is in danger of falling economically, people do drastic things. Now, that's one lesson from all of this. But there's something else, and that is this. In the case of both Argentina and the Netherlands, but also in other nations as well, you are looking at a resurgent right wing. And the only way you can explain that very resurgent right wing is that it represents the voters' rejection of leftist policies. Now, that doesn't mean they stay in one direction for very long. I, I'm just doing a rock on for the, for the viewers. I'm not, I, I don't necessarily have anything to say about that. Just the voters' rejection of leftist policies is, is, a, is a definite, definite rock on moment. Yeah. Well, th so this is what a red wave looks south of the border of, of the equator. Uh, Every country other than you uses blue for the non-communists and red for the commies, but sure. Um. <laughs> it, it makes no sense to me either, but uh, uh, like democracy, I wasn't there for it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign nothing. <laughs> All right, start my it is up. to say that it is in response to the failure of leftist policies that many of these, and I'll just use the media term for them, far-right candidates and parties begin to gain influence. Now, coming to the United States, we're in a very different situation. We're in a two-party system of a constitutional system of governments. It's different than what you have in the electoral process, either in Argentina or in the Netherlands. But it is very important for us to recognize that the political left in this country, pushing things as hard as it has been, especially in moral and cultural terms for a number of years, but also when it comes to the economic and political demands made by so many in the left now surging in power in the Democratic Party, this will bring about a reaction. And that's seen right now in the polling indicating the weakness of the re-election prospects of President Biden. President Biden seems unable to come to terms with that math, but at least many in the Democratic Party are beginning to sharpen their pencils and do the math themselves, and it's not looking good for November of 2024. But while we're talking about Argentina and the Netherlands, just to say that Heert Wilders has been on the political scene in the Netherlands for a long time, the great shock is that he won a plurality in the election, at least his party did, and thus he at least will have the opportunity to try to form a government which he would serve as prime minister. That leads to the question as to which parties might agree to form to form a coalition with him. Yeah, sorry, yeah. he's cleaning up that. I I'd, I'd forgotten that he come he came back and cleaned up that slight misstatement that he made earlier. Yeah. And so so all right, well done, Mueller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is is Argentina are our countries that different politically when when we have talk from Malay like this uh you know he's uh, Mueller's wanting to say oh listen we have two parties and you know I, I think this is just old old way of thinking or at least pre what 2008 type politics maybe uh, which uh, I would just say is probably the the, the mask came off uh, because the pendulum swung uh past Bush and and uh, uh, didn't stop at uh, McCain uh, like he wanted him to and uh, uh, even bypassed uh, uh, the, the far radical right of Hillary Clinton as uh, Rush Limbaugh would probably uh, <laughs> agree to and uh, and you know we, we've 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 got to recognize Bernie Sanders in there uh, but I mean I, it doesn't seem like it's that outside the scope of 
difference. Now, uh, obviously, v- forming a government after you've been elected is is a weird concept here w- with with the the, the Dutch land, <laughs> but um, it it seems like it's a good codification if you want to talk about Overton Windows or or you know your 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 uh, left right up down uh, 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 argumentation uh, or orientation for your argumentation. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's it's that that different. It, it's it, I mean, Malay is Ron Paul younger with messier hair, but not by much. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Honestly, he yeah. I I didn't I wasn't thinking of him as being like a Ron Paul figure, but he absolutely that absolutely is what he is. Yeah. is and he'll have and, a son, and, and instead do, of ending the Fed, he'll want to just audit it. Listen, yeah, yeah, just yeah, give me exactly. an audit. <laughs> and but, um, but the uh, I I think in the same way that um, everyone, all of us, every, everyone around was was saying that uh, that Ron Paul was just picking things that were a little too wonky for normal people to be able to follow and understand. And then he was winning over giant rooms of, of university students with the like, and, 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 and not just university students, uh, uh, military members and, uh, and, and, and normal Republicans in rural areas and, and all kinds of stuff like this. Um, and, and eventually we all had to admit, oh, okay, we were wrong. And he was right. <laughs> it, it, it like in the fed is actually a winning message. Uh, yeah, it yeah. seemed too wonky, but it's a, uh, a winning message. And, uh, Milai, very similar. Like I, like I wouldn't have claimed to have known much about Argentine politics, but I wouldn't have thought that I wouldn't have thought that his message and his approach. And I was, I was watching a video of him explaining, uh, Cantillon effects uh, the other day. He's like, wait, what? what, what can you, I mean, and this just gives a lie to the Trump-like thing. Can you imagine Trump <laughs> putting down and explaining Cantillon yeah. effects? Like, I, 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 I didn't really want to describe him as this, but I, I, I like the word picture a lot. It's, it's, he's Trump if Trump read books. Well, he's he's Ross, he's Ross Perot in a certain sense. Oh, oh, right? very, very much so. Yeah, it is is yeah. uh, he he reminds me a lot. Not that I was I, I was I was five, uh, but but from having gone back and 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 watched videos of Ross <laughs> Perot from that election and 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 all this, he he reminds me of Ross Perot in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder too, uh, if, if the, the fact that if you look at Ron Paul, the fact that you look at, um, uh, Malay here and, and they're talking weird terminology and they're saying, listen, I am radical. You can tell that because what I'm saying is, uh, and the fed, well, hold on, what's the fed and let's talk about gold and back currency. So, when you have people who are talking different than, well, I want to cut the budget by 23.2%. No, no, no. Draconian cuts. I'm only going to cut it by 23.4%. I wonder if, I wonder if the, the terminology thrown out there is, wow, this, this sounds like someone who, 
who knows what's going on because I don't understand it. The, 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 the people in power have, have not told me how to balance a checkbook, let alone talk about where money comes from. I mean, I, I have a coveted hard copy uh, from the Mises Institute, not the free printed one that you, you scabs all, all download, which you should definitely go of lessons for the young economists, because I want to teach my girls where money comes from and talk about why it's important. Not just, oh, here you put your money in a bank and you save it. No, let's talk about it. And let's watch Tuttle Twins and, and talk about the creature from Jekyll Island. And I, I want them to be informed of that because nobody else is doing that for a reason. And so when you have these people talking about, well, you know, if you have the laugher curve and that's, you know, the more you have more people are more likely to pay their taxes because of it. And whoa, hold on. This sounds really foreign from coming from someone who's, you know, uh, 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 attacking a paper mache, uh, 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 Federal Reserve, uh, you know, uh, uh, pinata there. So I, right. I wonder, I wonder if, if the message of it's Trump, but smart <laughs> comes into play here. Well, and the other thing that, that you touched on for me there is that, um, is that the other side is going to say the sky is falling no matter what you propose. So there, there is a certain, like, so I, I'm an incrementalist. I've made the case for it many times. We will continue to do so. Um, uh, but there, there, there sometimes is a case for more radical approaches when, so for instance, Okay, I've said a few times, uh, and I I don't think on this show ever, um, actually. So I'll, I'll say this on this show. Um, I don't think Saskatchewan, which has, um, relative to Alberta, relatively little school choice, um, I don't think Saskatchewan should just start up charter schools tomorrow and then that's how they should get it that they should go through all the same steps of school choice 1.0 the way alberta did and come to all the same uh, thing and just just sort of in an accelerated way catch up to alberta by doing all the same things alberta does i think saskatchewan should implement a universal voucher system and let the chips fall where they may because i think saskatchewan should jump ahead of alberta um right away and and just not mess with the same incremental approach and and part of the reason is um so i talked to i won't i won't say his name just in case i wasn't supposed to uh i i don't think this guy would care but uh but i just in case i won't say his name but i was talking was talking to a guy who was an elected official at the time in 1995 when charter schools were implemented in alberta and um, two people from the Alberta Teachers Association come into his office, uh, and 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 he thought he thought the charter school law was just just too incremental. It was just too weak. It was too uh, uh, it had a cap of fifteen total charter schools. It's like so why even bother? Like it was just uh, and they couldn't teach religion, which is just completely foreign. To our system in Canada, and 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 there were all these, and there were all these, and they were still public schools, and they had to follow all this, all these regulations, and they're so heavily regulated, and all this stuff. So he was like, "This 
this reform is just pointless. Like there's no, re- it's like, it's, it's like, maybe I would vote for it, but it is just, it's such a waste of time because, uh, because it's just, it's just so utterly small ball. And then these two people from the Alberta Teachers Association come into his office and are talking about how it's just the end of the world <laughs> uh, that this, that these try to say, and he, and he goes, thank you. You've given me a lot to think about that has really informed my vote and then turned around and voted for it. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, maybe this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, but, but yeah, there's an extent to which um, they're going to, they're going to absolutely say the sky is falling no matter what you do. So mm-hmm. you might as well take a big swing. And yeah, like the, what you say is, oh, they're going to say it's draconian cuts if you just don't let the funding keep rising at the at the rate that it has been. Mm-hmm. They're going to call that a cut. So you might as well, uh, you might as well actually cut if you're going <laughs> to uh, if you're going to do that because right. no one's going to make any distinction between uh, between your your supposedly precision cuts and <laughs> actual actual draconian cuts. So you might as well just do a draconian cut and save more money. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's it, in the U S it's uh, draconian cuts means uh, uh, cutting below uh, what the deficit spent or w- wanted to spend was. And so, right. but, yeah, we, we want a hundred more billion dollars for a country in the Eastern Bloc, uh, and then draconian cuts is, uh, you know, it, you, you want them to pay the postage upon arrival. Oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So I, I think, uh, uh, we, we, we've, we've not chastised Mueller, uh, enough. Uh, we've, we've, we've allowed him to speak and now starting at, uh, 1927, uh, maybe, uh, we'll, 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 uh, get the battles out coalition with him. Time's going to tell on this, but I will tell you this, a very clear signal, a very clear jolt has been sent through the Dutch political system. But because of the historic role of the Netherlands in Europe, this isn't just about the Dutch vote. This is about the fact that there is tremendous unrest throughout much of Europe when it comes to the leftward policies that have been pushed for a very long time. You have nations like Hungary. It's been under a more conservative government for years now. Poland, very similar kind of pattern. But now you're not in Eastern Europe, historically defined. Now you're in Western Europe, and there's no doubt that the Netherlands is sending a very clear signal that's going to have to be watched elsewhere. For one thing, you have major news reports coming out of Germany indicating that not only in regional elections, but now in the national picture, the right might well be resurgent. And there are reasons for that. Economic stagnation and all kinds of issues play into this, but at least part of it is an understanding at the most basic level that the nation is heading in the wrong direction. And liberals have been in the driver's seat in so many of these nations for a very, very long time. Let me just make a quick point. This shows you why people are stupid because they'll vote just the opposite because the thing didn't work that they voted the opposite 20 years ago. So of course, and uh, you know, for me, a rhino is anyone who is a Republican because they're all that way, Uh, you know, minus a few people that, that, you know, you can probably uh, find out, uh, whose neighbor wants to kill them may, may be a good indication that, uh, that that person may be a true Republican. 
<laughs> or has to live off the grid in order to uh, of, of avoid such neighbors. Uh, but I mean, that's that's always been the case is is the swing back. And 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 we, I mean, again, uh, you know, history doesn't repeat it. It, it uh, you know, it tells you the same thing over and over again. The, the swing back is always going to happen because that's what the people are voted for. And it's those two choices that Mueller is wanting to talk about. And, you know, he, he's 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 wanting to return back to this uh, kind of middle of the road where all all roads kind of lead lead to the same where we want to talk about the mono party as in listen they're going to bolster their power no matter what through the roof and then they're going to use it against each other because that's the game of thrones that uh, you know that's truly the game of thrones there the the that it's it's the, the 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 democracy is is the stupid people assuming that 20 years just didn't happen and they're just going to vote the opposite way now and of course, that's what you get. That's why Trump is the one that throws the wrench into it because he, he's Republican in name only, but he's different in 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 that way. He's he's using the 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 um the lapel pin, but he's not that that anyone who remembers 1994 or or, or uh you know uh, when when he was on TV for uh for for a game show you know he he got NAACP recognition and and you know he was rubbing elbows with the Clintons who were also rubbing elbows with someone who had an island who definitely didn't do himself in and so you know the, 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 there's those ties but he was able to lie about it way better and just say listen you're voting for me you're not voting for the Republicans if, if you want to ride my coattails that this is the riding the coattails this is the the Teddy Roosevelt uh true coattail riding uh he's got that you know pompous nature to him that roosevelt did where you can talk about this but no one's really riding the bushes other than in name you know in name of cia name only but uh that's that's the difference and and this this is where (laughs) this is where the pendulum goes back and forth You, you you we want to cut the pendulum stop it yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Twenty forty. But before we leave Javier Malay, the newly elected president there in Argentina, we need to go back to the fact that he identifies himself as an anarcho-capitalist. That is, as little government as possible. And he means really draconian cuts in the size of the government itself, not just in government spending, but the size of the government itself. He has also indicated he wants pro-life legislation. But his basic worldview is that of libertarianism. And perhaps the greatest example of that is the fact that he has called for an open market. Okay, before we get to this. Okay. He's pro-life. He's wanting draconian cuts. Uh, if, uh, you know, but for him, it's fifty percent. All all these things are are, are drastic. Uh, uh, you know, uh, forms of government that Malay wants to to come about. And so, what's the thing to criticize him on? Well, here Mueller's going to tell us where where we should the 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 buck stops here. Let me uh, let me back it up a little bit here. 
possible. And he means really draconian cuts in the size of the government itself, not just in government spending, but the size of the government itself. He has also indicated he wants pro-life legislation. But his basic worldview is that of libertarianism. And perhaps the greatest example of that is the fact that he has called for an open market in human organs for transplantation. Now, when you talk about anarcho-capitalism, I can't think of a greater illustration of what you're talking about than the idea that you would create a free market, so to speak. That's the capitalism part without government intervention. That's the anarcho part. And you would allow the creation of a market for human organs. Now, is that an exercise of freedom or is that an assault upon human dignity? Actually, very interesting arguments can be made on either side, but the arguments against creating an open market for human transplant organs, it's a far more compelling case than the argument of the anarcho-capitalists for simply turning it into an illustration of how a capitalist market would operate. Because we are talking about human life and the argument for this would be expanding the number of organs that might be available just to take one to say kidneys. And of course, human beings under normal conditions have two kidneys that can survive on one, but there will be enormous economic pressure on people then to sell their organs. And that Christian ethicists have understood for a long time is a very dangerous incentive. And it's an incentive that might well turn into an expectation. It might be listed as an asset. And in a situation of economic distress, it might be an asset that people feel they are under pressure to surrender or to sell. The other thing is that if you remove. Okay. Uh, on the back yeah. of your card, uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, your uh, freedom to drive, your li liberty to drive is given to us by, uh, by not by God, but by the government, because of course, God doesn't want us to travel without uh, the man to tell us. Uh, th th there's a check mark that you're supposed to check if you're not an animal uh, that says, in case I'm rendered uh, unconscious for a short amount of time, uh, the doctor can determine I'm legally dead and harvest my organs. And that's a virtue. Right. <laughs> so, right. so for Mueller, if the government gives you permission to give the doctor the cutting of your organ out uh, to, to do you in, fine. But if you want to, bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm looking, I just, it just occurred to me that uh, I should look up the Megan Best argument. Uh, she, she has the, the magisterial work on, on uh, biomedical ethics from a Christian perspective um, uh, that I own. And, oh, actually, uh, next time you start talking, I think it's sitting right over there. This is very much a working bookshelf. I, I don't uh, have things in necessarily the, the well, right order. Uh, let, they land where they land. But uh, let, let me let me give Mueller credit while you you, you okay. reach over there. So Mueller does give a a a fair take with saying, you know, it's interesting because that uh, is a question th that has two answers, and it's not outside the 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 banal uh conversation the three by five card of uh of, uh allowable opinion uh as a very failed podcaster once said uh <laughs> that uh that that there there's an argument to be made for both sides but now we're just going to say well christian ethicists for years have said there's no way that you can sell things of your body but you can for blood, then that that's fine. But kidneys, which you only need one of, so you know we're 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 okay to sell blood, but not kidneys. And I don't know if you want to get to why this is stupid, 
<laughs> yes. Okay. So the reason why you can't just harvest organs from all the poor people is because you need a way to hold them and then give them to people. And you're going to have to find matches. You're going to have to find stability. You're going, uh, unless you don't care about either side of, of that, are you, you're not going to have doctors who are like, well, I've removed 72 kidneys today and I've just put them in the freezer. Well, uh, that's not how that works. You can't just, uh, you know, put this next to your steaks and your fish sticks and we'll, we'll get to it once, uh, you know, the, the, the person, the, the, the small child comes in who's, uh, who's, who's got an arrow through, through their kidney and just replace it. These are live organs that, that are viable to only a certain degree. And the, the very fact that we even do organ transplant is a, is a, a, a medical miracle that, uh, that is amazing proof that God designs the body to be able to sustain that type of uh abuse yeah but it's 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 just not like we're we're flash freezing the poor and thawing them out to then cut up their bodies and going all right what what do you want left cheek or right cheek <laughs> right 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 absolutely um by the way um organ kidney not in this one now i was forgetting that this is primarily about the ethics of the beginning of human life, not, uh, but, uh, but it is interesting that because there were, there are other considerations in biomedical ethics considerations in here too. And, and nothing, nothing in here about that. So, um, so that is, um, uh, so that is, that is interesting. It, it's actually didn't, didn't make it into this uh, multi-hundred page <laughs> uh, work. Five hundred and twenty-six, counting the counting the scripture index, which was what I just flipped to there. Uh, Five hundred twenty-six page uh, work uh, didn't didn't make it didn't make it in there. Um, but uh, even any mention at all, uh, the one mention of kidneys was about uh, kidney infections in pregnancy. Um, so, uh, so anyway, the, uh, uh, but, but yeah, and, and I, I'm not sure I was following exactly. So, so he says, um, well, okay. First of all, I need to object to the way he frames the question to start with. Now, <laughs> is that an exercise of freedom or is that an assault upon human dignity? Well, Dr. Moeller, if it's a true freedom, as in granted by God to people, that if it's a true freedom, then it's an assault upon human dignity to rob people of that freedom. So, so the, the entire framing of, of, uh, well, you know, if you get a little too free to me, that can be an assault on human kidney. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and let's do the hokey pokey. Let's let's put our our right kidney in, and then let's take our right kidney out, and then <laughs> let's put our whole body in, and shake <laughs> it all about. Now, it's wrong to shake it for money, but if someone's paying you to use your labor, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> is, is, is that an assault on human dignity? And are, have we suddenly become leftists here? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then, but then I'm not sure I understand his argument. I'm not sure I understand where he's, I thought, I thought, the first time I heard him, I thought he was saying that there's a compelling case, there, there's an even more compelling case than just autistic anarcho-capitalism. Right. <laughs> uh, because it would save human lives. That's what I thought he was saying the first time. Now I'm not so sure. He says, actually, very interesting arguments can be made on either side, but the arguments against creating against creating an open market for human transplant organs, it's a far more compelling case than the argument of the anarcho-capitalists for simply turning it into an illustration of how a capitalist market would operate. Right. Because and we're talking about human life, and the argument for this would be expanding the number of organs that might be available just to take one to, say, kidneys. Mm -hmm. with, with, but so, without government oversight. That, that, that's that's also in there. So you can have that, but not without the state telling you at what point in time to stop. So, yeah, I wasn't able to follow what he was saying. What he was saying would expand the number of organs that might be available. It has to be. He has to be saying that the free market in organs would ex would would expand the number of organs available. Well, because, and I think I, th I think that's he, going he to be true from from both sides. There's an incentive for people to sell their organs. Yeah. If there's an incentive for people to sell their organs, then you're recognizing that then there would be more of them. <laughs> right. And 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 he only talks about one side of the equation. So selling selling kidneys is bad, but then receiving kidneys has to be bad as well, too, right? Or it's only good if that person drives 120 miles an hour on a motorcycle and destroys everything but their kidneys. Right. <laughs> then that that's the only way that ethically you you could receive a kidney. But I I think I think it's the the presence of the state. I I believe and I could be wrong. It's been known to happen. Uh, usually no one hears it. They just can go to buy me a coffee to slash flyover and pay their pay their money and then read about it of how wrong I am. Uh, I I think he's got this idea of anarcho capitalists just saying you cannot have any rules, and so you can sell organs right. all you want and there's there would be there's there's no way you can stop the doctors from from slicing and dicing and why stop at one kidney when you can have two kidneys and a spine okay. and a brain all these things and then there's, there's not going to be any systems in place that that prevent that there's not going to be charities that do that and it's only through the might of the state that you're going to have the 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 squashing of that except when you go and you look at china and you look at their death rate of their prisoners and what happens to right. their organs. But it's it's wrong and, there because China bad, but it's not wrong um, of Canada because Canada not so bad, right? But is that fine? Oh, right. what, what, at what point in time is it good for the state to, to allow for the cutting of flesh to be given uh, without monetary value? Um, if it just by just by your, and and so money comes into play and that 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 creates the evil is 
is the, is it the loving of the money? Is it because some people will abuse the system or will this be, Oh, I can sell my kidney. I, I can, there, there will be a, a process of, of incentivizing a system in place of incentivizing more testing of uh, letting people know that there's more availability to donate things other than just your blood and plasma and bone marrow, which uh, once you find like YouTubers who have a rare bone uh, disease and they say, listen, all I'm asking you to do is you take the test. Even if you don't want it, I have this rare blood uh, bone disease. If it's a match, I'd, I'd love to be able to get a donor. And that level of just of uh, a YouTuber community getting the word out gets more people tested, which gets more people into the system, the good system that we like of a database and, and saying, oh, I'm matching a five-year-old. I can save that five-year-old's life. But if I take 15 bucks from it, then, then it becomes immoral. So it's the money, it's the money that makes it immoral. Or, or, or the yeah. fact that poor people might abuse the system because it's, it's always the poor people's fault to destroy anything good uh, because they might, they might have to sell their organ, which we only do need one. And that's, then it becomes bad, but they might sell two. And then the next poor, per, the, the, the next poorest person will have to sell them a kidney. And soon we're, we're like the sneeches going through the machine to get stars on our belly. And soon we're, we're going to be those with one kidney and those with two. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, the Christian worldview on this is that if, if it's permissible to do it for free, it's permissible to do it for money. That, that there's, that there are things it's impermissible to do, but the presence of money does not change whether it's permissible to do it. Right. Adultery, so, bad adultery for money. Also bad. Right. Because right, it's exactly. adultery. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and we would uh, apply that to any number of things, but there, but there's, but the, the inclusion of money, uh, does not, is not what makes anything immoral um it might sometimes i suppose change the legal status of what happened because because money changed hands but it wouldn't change the moral status so in other words because because it was a transaction maybe that changes it from being a sin to a crime um, th there, there are some situations where maybe that, maybe that would be the case, but, um, uh, but it wouldn't change the moral status of what's happening. So unless it would be immoral to give away a kidney, which no one argues, then it, it's not immoral to sell a kidney. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and, and let's do it for labor too. Um, is it immoral to take $1 an hour to pick corn? I, I don't, I don't think Mueller would say yes. So I, 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 I can't, it, it might be immoral to pay somebody only a dollar. Maybe 
I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'll pay you a dollar and I'll force you at the point of a gun. I mean, we're anarcho-capitalists, sure. so, so you could yeah. pick corn for free and we just call that an internship. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> but, but the, so then, then it is immoral to, to, okay, not $1. I'm going to pay the, the corn picker a hundred dollars. Is, is that now Im- more immoral because I'm paying someone even more money and poor people could just come from all over and they, they, they could get in car accidents. Uh, they, they could fight each other. Uh, they would bring more crime. And so everyone's coming for this hundred dollars an hour for picking corn. I am now an immoral agent and I'm, I'm sinning. And, and the, the, the Christian ethicists will write books against me for paying people too much money. That that's clearly always been the case in society is too much money is being given to the workers. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it is odd. And I don't, I don't find this to be, uh, he's, he's, he's saying that, that, uh, Christian ethicists have understood this, uh, for a long time. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I, I think this is inconsistent with, uh, with what Christian ethicists, <laughs> yeah. um, would I mean, say about basically anything else. If, if this is what they're saying. And I, 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 I'm sure he's right. Cause I'm sure he's read more about this than I have, but yeah. I don't, I don't see, I, I, I'm not sure I know what he's talking about. Yeah, because I, I, I w- what he says, uh, and uh, it's it's it, there's more compelling reasons that it's bad. And that's kind of his reason to give. And then he says Christian, Christian ethicists uh, have, have always known that this is the case. And that's kind of uh, two big hand waves because, and he, does, he, he, will, he will go a little bit more into it about being made in the image of God, but... I mean, just, just the fact that you can say, well, then you can't work because you're selling your body. It, it, uh, it doesn't make sense. I, I wonder if it's just this idea, this like sci-fi horror scene where you have, you know, a Dr. McCutsup who's got his uh, bone saws out and he says, you know, oh, we'll, 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 we can sell this, uh, we can sell this baby kidney for, for, $16,000 and we'll cut off your leg because I can sell that for easy nine grand and we can take your eyes out. But that we know that's wrong because th- there's no consent. And so once you give consent of, I have, I have one eye, the Bible tells me to pluck out my eye and cast it in the fire. So I should be able to do at least that. So if I want to voluntarily take out my eye, that it, it, it it might be a degradation of the image to just do that without reason. But if I want to save my child or if, if I want to sacrifice my eye to give two good eyes to, to my child. So uh, one eye gets injured. I give my eye. She now has her original eye and then my new eye. I'm, I'm not, I, I would, I would be, I would be here. I, I would have news stories written about me. The, the, this would be, uh, uh, the, the, the father giving up 
for his child, uh, what Jesus gave up for, for, for his uh, brothers and sisters. So then if I give my next door neighbor the same one, same news articles, good job, love your neighbor. But if I ask for uh, $100 to, to cover the cost of, uh, of the surgery, is, is, is now I, I need to do it fully out of my own pocket for it to be moral? Or can they cover the cost? And then what if I ask for a dollar more? At, at what point in time is taxation on my eye slavery? <laughs> According to Mueller. Unless if he has this like weird, weird concept of the, the crazy doctor who's just carving people up, which that's that wrong because that's already the case. Well, right. And I, I think that is where he's going with what he says right after this. So maybe this is maybe maybe this is a good time to move on to the. Yeah, the this will be the end of it because it's uh, about two minutes. So 22 minutes, 33 seconds, and then we'll we'll finish up here. Move regulation in the sense you really are opening a market for unregulated human organs. And that leads to opportunity for all kinds of very serious medical problems to ensue, including a lack of quality control, a lack of, say, the verifiability of the link between the donor and the recipient, all kinds of issues related to tissue matching. Now, there will be those who will say, well, that's a small price to pay if you can radically expand the market, so to speak, of human organs for transplantation. After all, this will improve lives. In some cases, it would save lives. But the Christian worldview says that simply doing the math is not adequate as a moral consideration because the human body is not a commodity. The biblical worldview denies any ability for Christians to think of the human body simply as a host or a commodity. It's not that. Indeed, the fact that human beings are made in God's image and Christians are told that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are simply told that our bodies matter to God in a way that is actually undermined by anarcho-capitalism. But perhaps the most important thing right. we can recognize <laughs> it can and already happen. It can already happen that way. Right. <laughs> so, so, and that's it. That's the end. He's, he, he, he yeah, wraps up. He wraps up. Here. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, okay. Right. But Jeff, without government, how will you medical? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, is, this is, this is kind of incredible to me. So, <laughs> um, one of the reasons uh, that Julian the Apostate's reforms were unpopular when, so Julian the Apostate uh, is uh, trying to take the Roman Empire back to paganism after Constantine and Constantius and, 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 uh, uh, and the, the first couple Christian emperors, Julian the Julian the Apostate is trying to take uh, the Roman Empire back uh, to uh, to paganism, and 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 so then the reason the Council of Chalcedon happens in 381 is that's the year after Julian the Apostate dies, and there's things to deal with. Okay, um, and that's also, I, if I recall correctly, that's the year that Christianity becomes the official religion of the Roman Empire after Julian the Apostate dies. One of the reasons his reforms were so unpopular is because he could not, with the power of the state, replicate the hospital care that Christians were doing for free. Um, 
so that Christian charity was providing better medical care than, than he could provide with the power of the state. Um, or let's leave aside whether even the Roman Empire counts as a state, but let's say the, the, through the civil magistrate. Okay. Um, Provincial government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he, uh, um, uh, and and that's that's one of the reason that's one of the reasons his uh, 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 there was no no appetite <laughs> for his for his reforms uh, thirty seconds after he died, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and that's that's actually when you look into it, that's been consistently what has happened down through human history is um is that um christian charity has been much more effective at medical care than regulation ever could be it's why there's um, two hospitals in in my city that's one's a methodist one's a catholic and they've they've minimized those those names before, but we know one is the Catholic for the the artist formerly known as Catholic, and then the 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 Methodists have always been ashamed of of it. So yeah, that's why, well, that's why, why, the, why hospitals are the like international that. symbol for a hospital is a cross, <laughs> right? Like it is it's like oh yeah. You see that big sign of the cross? That's where you can go get medical care, right? <laughs> like that's always been the, the it, it's 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 just seeped seeped into our understanding is that that Christians are where you can get your medical care from, um, and uh, and so so that that's the other part that he's leaving out is is yes, you can allow for a market. That doesn't mean that you have to revert to dog eat dog capitalism. Well, and the very it fact might, that he he, he pauses at the very beginning and says that Malay talks about being pro life. If you don't think pro life just just if you don't believe that that doesn't mean I could be wrong in my double negatives there uh, that Malay <laughs> is going to use at least some power of the state to say if you kill babies we will do something to you in some fashion that, that sure. tells me that he might also say if you start just harvesting organs out of okay. the poor we might do something to you as well it's it's so weird that he prefaces it with pro-life and then says oh but we we got to talk about this this 100 pound elephant uh kidney in the room i'm assuming the elephants have kidneys and they're probably really big elephants do have kidneys there you go. Uh, <laughs> yes it's 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 bizarre unless if you're thinking of a horror movie right 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 yeah well and yeah <laughs> it's so interesting because i think he would recognize that regulation of everything else isn't what causes quality to happen in any other industry 
and the right. 140% inflation story that he did just before this proves that. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll repurpose a quote. Everyone's an anarchist about the thing that things they know the best. Um, if, if someone were to say, oh, well, if we apply more regulation to the Southern Baptist, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College, then we think it would perform better Then he would go, uh, no, you're wrong. <laughs> right? Like, I know for a fact that <laughs> the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College would perform worse under more regulation. <laughs> well, why? I mean, I mean, if you remove regulation, you're really opening up a market for unregulated theological instruction. <laughs> leads to all kinds of opportunities for very, very serious theological problems to ensue, lack of quality control over oh, the future, yeah. oh, lack yeah. of verifiability of uh of of uh the the link between uh the the seminary and the uh and the degree and the the pastor that they're uh and all kinds of issues uh related to matching with churches and no there are those who would say that that's a small price to pay if you could just radically expand access to uh, preachers of course but uh but can we really live in that kind of mad max world where there's not uh you know a a, a seminaries are at the federal level looking over looking over and of course of course that sounds ridiculous because it is, but it's only the only reason <laughs> the only reason the uh, kidney example sounds ridiculous to us is because we've we've never known it any other way. And, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, of course, we wouldn't descend into Mad Max all of a sudden just because just because there were no regulations. There there are no regulations over so many of the things we do every day <laughs> um, but the and, government is trying we, okay and we correct <laughs> and we don't descend into, we don't descend into barbarism actually there probably are regulations over a lot of the things we do that are simply ignored right like that that simply no one enforces and no one bothers with it, um, it's the it's the three felonies a day every every yeah. human being commits three felonies a day you just don't realize it because they've they've written the law that but then the, the enforcement of it is just, these are the ones we care about. Like a, a brace for your firearm is now considered, you, you pretty much own a machine gun and and the the, the same people that told you, no, it's fine uh, to, to have that in, in a letter say, well, my boss came back and said, no, it's not fine. And, and uh, the only reason for it is because uh, it's now Taco Tuesday and we've, we've made that decision. <laughs> So turn those in or you're a felon. Right. <laughs> right. And, um, oh, who was, it was, um, uh, it was, uh, oh, I think it was another guest of Bob Murphy's, although maybe on the human action podcast instead of, uh, the Bob Murphy show <laughs> who was talking about, uh, Actually, it was the Nigerian pastor who I think you didn't give the real name of, um, uh, who was talking about how the uh, all the laws and regulations in Nigeria 
are what opens up the door for all the corruption. It's because a cop can stop you for anything and find a law that you violated that you have to just pay the cop. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and, um, uh, and, and, and so, and in the same way, I mean, this would, um, the regulation itself, uh, in many ways does open up the door, uh, for, uh, for this kind of corruption. And if you don't believe me, I refer you to the case of Planned Parenthood selling baby parts <laughs> for money. Planned Parenthood selling baby parts for money, which they were able to do because because of their because of their position in the corrupt system of government and regulation in the United States. Right, right. If if we had anarchy, the the, the worst thing possible that could happen is the thing that is now happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if if, if you just let anyone do anything that they want, happened. then then the war the warlords would take over, like the people who have the big military guns that will come to your door and knock on it and say, "Do you have any children in there?" Cool, we're gonna burn that down. So there are no uh, nothing happened to Planned Parenthood from that. In fact, right. they continued to receive your tax dollars. Um, because of their connection to the corrupt state. When they were doing the exact thing being warned against here. And and this layers on another irony of him mentioning pro-life right before all this. Mm -hmm. The only reason we would consider that any different, consider the harvesting of baby parts for sale, to be any different than the harvest of adult human parts for sale would be if if we deny the full humanity of the unborn child, which we can't do. So this was just as bad and nothing happened. Right, which, which he could make that point if he defined anarcho-capitalist as not 50% cuts, but all the cuts. He, we, we would have that conversation of, all right, you get rid of everything, how do you protect the the abused child in the home? How do you protect the abortionist from doing the thing if if there are no rules out there? How right. how will you stop them? But he seems to understand that anarcho capitalism doesn't actually just mean delete key the government. <laughs> <laughs> because Malay is the president. He he believes in some form right now of right. government where. He, he knows that he can't just hit that delete key, like you're saying. Delete key certain departments, sure, <laughs> but not fifty percent. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, and and and, and it, okay. So he says. Um, so that because human beings are made in God's image and Christians are told that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 
We are simply told that our bodies matter to God in a way that is actually undermined by anarcho-capitalism. While he recognizes that anarcho-capitalism might keep more of those bodies alive than the alternative. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's just a, it's... yeah. The body is not a commodity. Right. In, in, but in what way, in what right. way, again, uh, I, I'm a computer programmer and I sell my body. I work, work my fingers to the bone to, 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 uh, have that MRI machine work fine selling my body uh, as a prostitute bad also no one would pay for it you know that that's why men get married so what 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 where where's the divide then where is it wrong and where is it not it, it's not a commodity right that's not all we are but we're not we're not not that <laughs> because we have time that we're exchanging for money now that's the that's the whole point of the management employer relationship. You pay me now or in two weeks, you get money at a later time and you you hope and I hope by doing a good job for you, you make more money that you can hire more people to then pay me more, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just such an odd is Yes, of course, our body is our bodies cannot simply be a commodity, mm -hmm. right? Um, but just um, right, just as our um, uh, just just as our our minds couldn't simply be a commodity, for instance. But, I mean, my mind is my most valuable commodity. <laughs> it, 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 it's not just a commodity. Mm -hmm. My mind has to be devoted to God in the same way that my body does. Um, uh, but it it's not... Uh, and and so it can't be just a commodity for my own and i think the implication here is for my own gratification right, right. it can't simply be a commodity for my own uh for my own fun and profit <laughs> right yeah but but that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that it is that my mind is a commodity my mind is my main commodity. Right. <laughs> Again, I give my kidney to someone good. I ask for $50 bad. So it's clearly the taking of money that that's the evil. And so I'm sure Al Mueller gets paid nothing to do the, the briefing and be the president and write books because he's selling, he's selling his mind his thoughts and ideas. And, you know, we, we, well, we, we, we are, we are made in the image of God. And so like God, he, he gave us his word and he gave it to us freely so that we can live. So likewise, we are, are, are not just our words. And so we can't just 
we can't just sell those things. We have to, we have to give them like God gave them. Well, um, but God gave us the gospel for free at infinite cost to him, but free to us. Um, and yet what do we say about making money off of the preaching of the gospel? Hmm. Especially if you use the NIV. The laborer is worthy of his wages. <laughs> right? Like that. Um, that it's not wrong to do it for free. Paul does it a few times. That More than a few times. Mm -hmm. Paul does it when he can. When he can preach the gospel for free, he does. Um, he also goes begging for money a lot, by the way. Uh, because he's doing that. Uh, but okay. <laughs> he sells tents. So tent right. making yeah. good selling tents has to be bad because <laughs> he is not a commodity. But, but then Paul explicitly says, Oh, I could be paid for this. But there's, there's, there would be nothing wrong with me. Being right. Paid for this. right. And in another place, he says, you should be paying your pastors. <laughs> in a couple of other places, actually. He says you should be paying the pastors. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, we understand that the most precious, uncommodifiable thing we have, the gospel of Jesus Christ, can nevertheless be paid for. And, there's, and that, that doesn't negate its supreme value right um and and yes i would want i i would i would want there to be all sorts of safeguards and guardrails set up and i just don't trust the state to do that as well yeah. as i do Again, Christian charity, ideally, like again, anarcho-capitalism does not mean everyone has to be doing everything for a profit. You're still allowed to do charity. In fact, the surpluses that would be produced in an anarcho-capitalist society probably means that charity is a lot more abundant. Because yeah, and, and and different systems in place because hospitals have different systems. They have different uh, ISO 9000, 9001, uh, all these, uh, you know, the, the nurses association comes up with standards and, and they're adopted. And then, you know what the state does? The state goes, oh, that sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll make that a requirement because of the labor, the, the free market took, and then they just went, yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And then you have to report to us if someone fails that so that we have a centralized database. Well, can't can't we have the central? No, no, no. Centralized databases are thing. Centralized, like our power. So just saying, <laughs> and and yeah. and that's that's going to be the case. So okay, so uh, twenty thousand dollars for a kidney. Uh, no, I'll give you twenty two thousand dollars a kidney. No, I'll give you twenty one thousand dollars for a kidney. And we have these six different verifications that uh, with a, a survival rate of ninety nine point. Nine nine eight percent. Yes, you'll get an extra thousand bucks here, 
but the likelihood of you dying is only 99.2%. Who do you want to put your hands in? And there'll be people that are rejected and will go to back alley and get paid $2,000 for a kidney that they'll likely die of sepsis from. And that kidney will probably be rejected and that'll happen. But that can happen now. There's, there's nothing that stops that. The, the back alley abortion is, is the price you pay for people being alive and not being draconian measures of being followed around by three police officers, one to watch you and then two more to watch that guy to make sure they don't collude with you. And then probably more apparatus than a centralized intelligence agency that then has black budget sites. And then we talk about aliens for, for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, um, yeah. So look, there is a certain kind of anarcho-capitalism that we rail against frequently on this show that does treat things that are wrong when you don't pay for them, like adultery, as if they're it, it's something that you can freely transact in because they um, because they have no moral grounding other than consent, which is a terrible moral grounding. Uh, you can't you can't build a morality out of consent, um, uh, and so and so they would. Uh, and and they and 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 so so you can yeah our body our bodies matter to god in a way that can be un- undermined by a certain kind of anarcho capitalism um and and i would say that there i could even foresee that being the case with um sort of a godless anarcho capitalist approach to uh to uh markets in human organs um but again that's not what he's even accusing milai of being again this guy's pro-life like (laughs) um uh and he's not actually a christian i don't think i think he's i think he's actually a convert to judaism he's a deeply weird guy let's be clear um but (laughs) um uh so uh but but at any rate whatever he is regardless uh um he's pro life he he uh uh he's actually uh uh respectful towards the church and um and uh uh and um uh and actually he actually even um had some harsh words for pope francis in the way that actually sounds a lot like conservative catholics having harsh words for pope francis (laughs) um but then he did speak respectfully um about him after he was elected uh showing that you know he's at least generally respectful anyway this is a guy that isn't that isn't the 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 kind of um, 
godless anarcho-capitalist. We're not, yeah, it's, um, I, I won't, I won't, I won't pick on any particular person because I think, I think even the, even the godless anarcho-capitalists are informed by the Christian worldview more than they care to admit. <laughs> um, um, uh, but, but anyway, it's, um, and, but, and, and I, that's, I guess, what I'm having to say about Milai is that, is that he's, whether he, whatever he is personally, he's deeply informed by the Christian world. Um, it, it, it's, it's clear from the way he talks about uh, all sorts of issues that he has a, um, he has a worldview that's very informed by the uh, mostly Catholic, yes, but the 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 Christian heritage of Argentina and of the United States, where a bunch of his heroes are from. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so anyway, is I think, um, I so I think. There's a sense in which we can say this is a fair critique of people who aren't us and who aren't Javier Bly, I suppose. Um, uh, but um, but a kind of kind of misplaced here, I think. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, e even even our heroes in in the West here, the the, the far right of of uh, Rothbard and Mises are are also probably godless atheists too. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and certainly but, Rand, probably yeah, so. Yeah, but but, but but the things that we would like disagree with, um, uh, but Rothbard with deeply, deeply has to do with like by a Christian yeah, worldview. Yeah, and 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 actually very conversant with Aquinas and uh, and uh, showed all kinds of signs of of uh, having that influence on his thinking, even if even if he wasn't a believer himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about on this show many times the, where him not being a believer himself does show up and we, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, uh, yeah, don't the let them babysit time, your kids. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's, um, uh, and boy, what I, what I not let, uh, Javier Malai, uh, babysit my kids. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> some, some, some strange things would happen, I'm sure. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's not, uh, that's not what I'm looking for in a president of Argentina. Right, like yeah. <laughs> so, in a, in a president of Argentina, uh, I can't see, I can't see anything more valuable than someone who might get rid of the central bank of Argentina. Right, like that's about the best I can hope for from a president <laughs> of Argentina in terms of making an effect on my life. They'll buy, he'll buy more of our dollars, and if he buys them quickly, it'll make our dollars worth more. Uh, so it'll, that's good. Counteract the effects of inflation, yeah. And, and then, and then we can do that so that we can have our young men and women and everyone else sell their bodies as a commodity to go fight foreign wars, 
and uh, we'll uh, all well, be moral yeah, there. We didn't even get into that. Yeah, is <laughs> is uh, um, uh, it's it's okay though because um because we've we've reverted to barter where you can you can uh you can yeah you can take a wage but but mo- mainly you're trading your body in uh in the uh the corporatist wars uh in exchange for an education at a corporatist university after um <laughs> yeah um which after you get a job you'll you'll actually just need training so, so. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can, you can go to work for, uh, for indeed a corporation, uh, at which neither, neither of those experiences are probably going to be very useful to you and they'll just train you in your job anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, I, I, uh, um, So that's another good example though. Okay. Is it good to go die for your country? I suppose that depends. Fine. Leaving that aside. Let's 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 take a molar a very molar molar y perspective here and assume that it is indeed very, very good to die for one's country. A a completely 100% Christian country with a just war scenario that, uh, that, that, uh, is sending you with the best intentions to do the best thing for the most number of people. Yeah. Does it somehow become wrong if you get paid for it? (laughs) Right? Like, but that's a secondary outcome. We we, we care about primary outcomes. Both risk your life and kill other people. I mean, which, which seems like, seems like two things you shouldn't be able to be paid to do. If, if you can't be paid for a kidney, you sure can't be paid for a bullet through the head. One would think. But it's okay because it's regulated by the state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still like Al Mohler. But we still love Al Mohler, um, and and. And um, there, there's a reason the briefing is my first listen every day um, uh, is, uh, um, is uh, he brings he brings excellent, excellent commentary um, on on actual central, important moral issues. Um, every day with the exception of uh occasionally skipping some random american thursdays um uh i like that he reads the new york times so i don't have to yeah <laughs> yeah it's a service that um, i would pay him for <laughs> <laughs> um but um but yeah it is uh uh he's he's a he's a gift to us personally He's a gift to the church. He's a gift to the Christian cultural conversation, no doubt. Um, uh, we, we're just—he just 
every once in a while wanders into these libertarian adjacent topics and he gets a little weird usually <laughs> when he gets into these libertarian adjacent topics he's right. he's very libertarianism makes him very nervous and so we'll we'll have some things to say when he does that but you know i what i appreciate here just very quickly is usually he'll point to ran and the easy link up to atheism sure he, he does that a lot and, and i think unfairly and he did not do that once here, which I yeah. appreciate. He, he was, look, he was pretty fair here. Yes, yes. He I, 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 I've, I, this is my fourth time listening to it. The, the first time I, I, I wanted to, to know why you wanted to, to call action on this. I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to this in my terrible, you know, uh, just woke up or just about going to sleep. And then part two was shower, wake up, refreshed going to teach children be in the mode mindset of thinking and part two was way better so if if, if you're only getting it from us take a listen yourself go read the transcript uh give give the benefit of the doubt of of someone who is doing the, the lord's work and just not so much economics yeah absolutely and and um and I do think it's good for pastors and Christian cultural commentators to try to think like economists, which he was definitely doing here and showing signs of doing here. Um, and, and I think it's important enough that I'm willing to overlook the fact that occasionally you will make economic mistakes when you're doing that and, and you're not trained in, in the subject. And that's fine because I think it's important enough that we should be having that conversation. And we, we all make mistakes when we move outside our field. Uh, but it's, it's uh, sometimes important for us to think this way and, 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 uh, and, and train others to take that approach to thinking, even if we can't, uh model it in the fullest ways ourselves so i think i think um i'm not telling him to stop stop trying to talk about economic topics at all i don't i wouldn't say that to anybody i would say i i would say uh we can all stand to learn some more about it <laughs> uh buy books that people have used their commodity bodies to to yeah work their fingers to the bone for and their brains and then purchase those pieces of paper for pennies on the dollar that it was used to cost produce download them for free from Mises Institute uh, if, if you if you want to be communist and and give them no money because uh, you're stealing labor from those who worked at it and obviously we need to pay them based on how much labor they put into it because that that's still a case being made and then read that book and realize that you have overpaid for that book. <laughs> um, uh, absolutely. But, um, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't, I guess I don't have anything to add. Is is that we could, we could all, we could all stand to, um, uh, to learn more lessons for lessons for a young economist is great. Uh, economics in one lesson is great. Um, if if you want a slightly more humorous side, uh, uh, Contra Krugman, uh, the book is actually really good. Very and good. Talking about a lot more stuff than the 
podcast ever did um and gives you a, a gives you a good way of understanding a lot of these things with little vignettes um uh addressing Krugman so it's it uh I, I recommend that book uh I recommend that book highly um uh and I really enjoy it it's not perfect I'm not giving an unqualified recommendation uh but to to think about Christian theology and economics I really I really thought bulls and bears and golden calves was mm-hmm. a good introduction to the subject again not not perfect um but it really got me thinking uh it really got me thinking in a way that where i was where i was uh intertwining christian theological thinking and economic thinking together in a way that i just wasn't able to do before reading that book um so and and uh and so i don't agree (laughs) i don't agree with everything in it uh uh i don't uh uh uh, but but it was it was a really uh engaging and thought-provoking book for me at least that that helped me help me jumpstart my relationship to this topic. So um, anyway, I think, did you have any other recommendations? Uh, Gary North's uh, Christian Economics in One oh, Lesson is yeah. a good one too. And pretty yes. much anything by Gary North. <laughs> yes, true, true, true. Um, yeah, unless unless we're talking about his full preterism. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're talking about people we don't agree with everything on. <laughs> uh yeah no his economic stuff yes uh we can let your co-host come back on and defend that position (laughs) my co-host is not a full preterist to be clear let's (laughs) let's nip that one in the bud right now um (laughs) i I just want to see if he's listening up until this point (laughs) (laughs) I, i i bet we'll find out um uh, but I think we've slandered people enough here. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so with that, and actually this would, we've gone way longer than I thought we were going to, but <laughs> such is our way, no matter who my co-host is, uh, <laughs> uh, I might take chainsaws to my co-host, but never to the length of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but with that, uh, we want to encourage you to, uh, send us an email, um, at anarchistbiblecity at gmail.com unless of course uh you want to send us an email about how heronism was actually the correct approach in argentina uh patrick has an email you can send uh that kind of take to bob.murphy at mesisinstitute.org oh no that might actually go somewhere okay so <laughs> bob.murphy at mesisinstitute.org Absolutely make sure to take your pro peronist takes uh, <laughs> to that email address. Um, uh, give us give us five stars. Look, if it if it were immoral uh, to to do it for nothing, then it would be immoral for us to do it for the star <laughs> ratings. But uh, but but given given that it's 
Given that it's not, it is not immoral for us to receive your star ratings. So make sure to give us five stars on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, uh, send it to a friend. Comment. I forgot to say that before. Apparently, uh, apparently, commenting <laughs> is a is a really good way of uh, of 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 letting the uh, uh, letting the the algobots. Uh, know that you uh that you like what we had to say um but most importantly be sure to next join us next whenever the blue blazes we think you should <laughs> when we take anarchy to church here on the anarchist bible study grace and peace grace and peace